0: Welcome here for a very special wake-up call with Dan Tortora, expanded edition here as we have the opportunity outside of our typical hours of Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time to bring you this special with Mike Oresco, the commissioner of the American Athletic Conference, who is no stranger to the broadcast. On the heels of the news that actually came toward the tail end of our morning show today with the fact that the American Athletic Conference has reached an agreement with the University of Central Florida, University of Cincinnati, and University of Houston to leave effective July 1st, 2023. Now, the conference bylaws, as I spoke with Commissioner Mike Oresko in the past, they could have been there until 2024, but they have reached an agreement to move forward on July 1st of 2023, and with that being said, on the heels of the news here on the day it happened on Friday, June 10th of 2022, I'm happy to have Mike back on the show. Mike, how you doing?
1: How you doing, Dan? Yeah, you know, I'm doing fine, thanks. Uh, glad, uh, glad uh alluded to what uh, you just mentioned. Glad it's all done, but uh, great to be with you as usual. And, uh, you know, nice weekend coming up, although it's 100 degrees here in Dallas. So <laughs> <laughs> I won't be going out a lot.
0: <laughs> we, we spoke about you know, through these conversations because, you know, you're on this show here with me throughout the year and we get to spend a lot of time together. We were talking about uh, throughout these, these months what could happen. And with UCF in Cincinnati and Houston following Oklahoma and Texas bolting the Big 12 for the SEC, that the Big 12 decided to reach out to three schools within the, within the American Athletic Conference. When this all came about and going through this process, up until a, a couple of weeks ago, really the last time we t- actually going into the annual meetings, you said, we're still trying to figure it out. We're trying to sit down with the three schools and see if there's something that makes sense. So when did this really come to fruition that the conference and the institutions felt good about this? Cause within you and I talking a week or so ago, you were still trying to figure out if this could happen.
1: Yeah. Right after our, um, our, uh, annual meeting, uh, the, uh the three presidents happened to be in Dallas at the big 12 meetings. And so they came over and we met with them. And that's when I think we, we finally got the breakthrough. Uh, It had been building though, because you know, uh, minds get concentrated Dan, when there's a deadline and when you feel that you just need to know, I think they felt pressure because, you know, they'd like to, and now they can do that. Tell the big 12 that they're coming in a lot of scheduling and other things have to be taken care of all sorts of issues. So you, You know, brand rebranding, you you want to get a head start on that. And, you know, we felt that uh, uh, meeting, uh, you know, some deadlines that our Conference USA uh, six incoming schools had uh, would obviously be, uh, you know, helpful. And uh, I think the the three exiting schools were sensitive to that. So we knew it would sort of come together around now, at least we thought it would. You never know. I mean, if we had been completely at loggerheads, uh, then maybe we wouldn't have had an agreement at all. Uh, but we were prepared to sit back and say, look, you know, you have to stay till July one but we worked it out and it was very amicable. You know, these are, are great schools and, and great people. Uh, I've had a tremendous relationship with Renew Couture from the whole length of this contract, uh, you know, excuse me, the, uh, the conference uh, existence from the time of the original ESPN contract right through when the league was formed and uh, Renew is just terrific. And, uh, Houston did a great job investing and in making this conference, help make this conference what it was. Uh, Neville Pinto, I've known uh, for a while now, he came kind of in the middle, and he's terrific. Uh, and Alex Cartwright uh, has not been there uh, too, much, too long uh, at UCF, relatively speaking, but I got to know and like Alex. And it was just a question of, you know, we negotiated with the ADs and eventually the presidents. And, uh, you know, everybody, you have differences of opinion as to how you should exit. Um, and these exit, uh, when you want to exit early, it's always a little bit of a negotiation. Sometimes it goes easier, sometimes it doesn't. Remember, we were, this time around, Dan, we we're dealing with three schools, so it makes it a little more difficult. Although we were negotiating with them essentially together, which helped. And, and the agreement basically is, is uh, the same for, for each of the three. So I'm happy with it. I think they're happy with it. It ended on a very amicable Uh, basis and uh, we look forward to having them in the conference this year I think they'll contribute a lot because they're all three really good schools and and they're going to be good in football uh, and basketball and uh, we'll uh, then have another year for our our new new schools to you know uh, get ready to come into our conference so all in all I think it's a win-win
0: so is it safe to say on July 1 2023 when we see the exiting of UCF Houston and Cincinnati officially that the six schools that were named to come into the American Athletic as full-time members, UAB, FAU, uh, UNC Charlotte, North Texas, Rice, and UTSA, will they be coming in at the same time?
1: Uh, that's the expectation and the hope, but it, it is contingent, and it is subject to them working things out with Conference USA to, to make sure that, uh, you know, Everything is, uh, is done properly, and that's exactly what they're going to do. Uh, they've had great cooperation from, from Judy McLeod. Uh, Judy and I are old friends, and she's been great. Uh, I think that uh, it will happen. Yeah, I do think they'll work that out. And, and if they do, then absolutely, we will take them in, uh, in, on July 1, 23, and we'll be a 14-team conference, and uh, we'll uh, be on our way. We're going to have to do some work to you know, rebuild the brand a bit, but we'll do it, and we'll do it quickly.
0: Speaking here with the American Athletic Conference, Commissioner Mike Oresco on the heels of reaching an agreement with Houston, Cincinnati, and UCF on their departure early on July 1st, 2023. Uh, Mike, as we talk about, obviously you, you think that it'll be done that these six schools will come in from Conference USA. You just had them at, at your first ever Uh, annual meeting that they could be a part of what was it like to see these institutions at the annual meeting for the american athletic and have them involved in what the plans are for the present and the future
1: oh it was terrific it really was uh we we first of all they're they're really great people great presidents and uh ad's uh and uh we we really uh enjoyed having them they they were i think their swas were with us too their faculty athletic reps uh you know they they are just uh really good schools very solid they've done a great job and they really enjoyed the meeting i mean they, uh, i got they came up to me afterwards and said it was you know a, a really great meeting and our our people felt it was one of the best meetings we ever had you know we talked a lot about the big issues facing college sports but just having them in the room there was a lot of camaraderie i think they felt very welcome and uh it's going to be a big room you know we need a much bigger room now it's uh you know look like the politburo or you know, the other. Great hall of China, you know, but um, uh, it's all good. And uh, it was great having it.
0: What were the biggest takeaways from the annual meeting? And I know we'll talk about this further when we have some more time, but what were the points of emphasis and and what do you feel like you took away?
1: Well, first of all, in terms of just conference business, you know, we talked a lot about football and basketball scheduling and how we're going to do it with a 14-team conference. And while we're not finished with that, you know, we made a lot of progress. Uh, in addition, we, we looked at uh, our committees and, uh, you know, and, and thought about how we're going to structure those, uh, how we're going to deal with the revenue as, as we go forward. Uh, we, we thought a lot about the kind of things that affect you know your, your conference. In terms of the things that affect not only the conference but college athletics generally, we did have a good sort of a, a plenary session. You know, We had everybody in the room, presidents, ADs. You know, uh, senior women administrators, faculty reps, and we talked a lot about that. And I, I essentially laid out what I thought were maybe seven or eight items uh, that I thought we're going to really have to address and that I, I'm hoping that we're, we can be leaders. And one is, okay, what do we do about NIL? Is there a way to deal with it? Is there a way to, to cap it, for example, or is that just a pipe dream? Uh, how do you deal with the collectives? Do we do we uh, try to ban collectives, or do we say, "Look, we got to live with them and figure it out"? Uh, what do we do with uh, you know FBS football? Does it separate from the, from the NCAA? Uh, should it be separate? Should it have its own governance structure? That was another question. Then then what do we do with pay for play? How do we feel about that? Uh, pay to play is is it here to stay? Is it not? Uh, if it is, do we want to try to figure out some way to collectively organize? student-athletes nationally uh, without having them unionized or be employees? And can we get Congress on board in in that effort? And, okay, what should Congress be looking at? What should we ask Congress to do? Uh, Those are the kinds of questions. And there were several others. Enforcement, who's going to handle enforcement uh, within the NCAA? What should the NCAA look like? What should uh, Division One look like? Uh, you know how do the automatic qualifiers stack up these days? All those issues, I think, are, are ones that you know. You, I, I, I said, "Look, we got to face them head-on," and everybody agreed. And we, we as a, as a conference that's been in the thick of it, and we have the same issues that P5 have, uh, we can be leaders here, and let's let's formulate some positions over the next several months. You know, as you know, I chair the CCA, the College Commissioners Association, and. We're going to be talking about that at our summer meeting coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, you can't just talk around these issues now. We have to decide, okay, what do you want to do? Do you really want to try to you know, get a uh, – oh, by the way, transfer portal is another area. Uh, do we want to have windows that, that make it more a more organized transfer portal? Do we want to try to, you know, reinstate the year in residency? You know, when that went away, it changed the world. Let's face it. Uh, can that even be possible? Is it something we want to do? Uh, do you want to limit NAL payments somehow, or do you, Is that an antitrust issue? You know, again, all those issues now are going to be in front of us. Uh, you know, I, I quoted Hemingway. Uh, he once somebody once asked him, you know, "How does one go bankrupt?" And he, his famous line was, well, gradually and then suddenly, you know, and gradually we've gotten ourselves into this fix over the years in college sports. And I observed it and was involved in it on the network level uh, and at the cable level for many, many years. And then I got involved as a commissioner and we kept kicking the can down the road or we simply didn't do some of the things maybe we could have done because we were worried or we thought maybe we could uh you know keep the world the same forever and and so now all of a sudden suddenly we're faced with all these issues you know that that gradually were building up and i thought coach k had some very perceptive comments recently if you happen to see them but he, he basically said look you know uh nobody uses vhs tapes anymore you know nobody drives an edsel anymore you know does anybody have a kodak camera anymore the world changes you have to adapt we're in a new world. We can't go back to a system that, that frankly doesn't work anymore. But I don't want to see a system that corrupts our youth, that causes all sorts of problems, that uh, is, is you know, anti-competitive in terms of, of trying to get some competition on the field in court. Uh, that, that doesn't support student athletes, that really kind of untethers them from the educational mission. I, I don't really like that. I don't think that's what college sports is, has been, and should be. So now we're going to have to decide, and yet you can't go back to the old system. Uh, there's a, fa- a Nobel Prize winner years ago in one of his novels. He has a character say, uh, Look, fellas, uh, if you want things to say the same around here, you're going to have to make some changes, you know, and, and that's a great <laughs> line, you know, because. Again, we, if we want things in college sports to be similar to what it's been, and there's a real danger that it won't be, Dan, uh, we've got to make some changes. And we'll see if we can over the next, uh, see how nimble we are over the next uh, couple of years, because it's upon us. I mean, the, what we do in the next several months and years is going to uh, affect the next decade or two. I don't think there's any doubt about that.
0: Coming from the American Athletic Conference Commissioner, Mike Oresco. Mike, before I let you go, we look at, uh, before these six come in, of the teams and the institutions that you have remaining here that are the American Athletic Conference, East Carolina, Memphis, Navy for football only, SMU, Temple, South Florida, Tulane, and Tulsa, and then Wichita State for everything but football. When I name those schools off to you and you hear them, what does it make you think of when I say East Carolina, Memphis, Navy, South Florida, SMU, Temple, Tulane, Tulsa, and Wichita State?
1: I think it's a really good nucleus uh, from from our, our you know previous uh, iteration as a conference. I think if you look back uh, over the the years, without again getting into the details, uh, Memphis was one of our prime football programs for how many years from the time of justin fuente and mike norvell they were right in the thick of it there were all those great games against ucf and uh they went to the cotton bowl and then you look at temple and what great years they had under matt rule jeff collins and then things kind of went you know went sideways a little bit but then you look at, at east carolina which when they first came into the league shane Carden and that great cast uh, with lincoln riley as the offensive coordinator uh ruffin McNeil as the coach they had one of the better teams in our conference. And you look at, at SMU and what they've done the last four years. they re- you know, revitalized the program. Uh, Tulsa went to our championship game, you know, a year, uh, uh, yeah, uh, not this past year, but a year ago. And then uh, you look at uh, Tulane, three straight bowl games until this year. They had a rough year. I don't know what happened. They almost beat Oklahoma, but then unfortunately just couldn't win. But USF had great years. That USF-UCF game in 2017 still remains one of the greatest college football games ever played. That was the one with Mackenzie Milton and, um, you know, the the great team that, uh, that UCF had. And, uh, Quentin Flowers and the great team that USF had, so they had they had some great moments also. Uh, Navy had tremendous moments in this conference. You know they've been ranked about twenty eight times, and uh, you know they had uh, two eleven and two seasons. Uh, they almost won uh, you know the division the very first year they entered the conference. They did win it subsequently, and uh, and and lost the championship game, but got in the championship game. They've won key bowl games over the years, as as our other teams have as well. I think when I hear those names, I think this is a good nucleus. You know, you got Wichita, uh, which I think will be fine in basketball. Once they get things straightened out, there's it's, it's too much, you know, there's too much there at Wichita, uh, Dan. You know, their fan base, they're you know, they're donor base, uh, yeah, the, the tremendous interest in Wichita basketball. Yeah, they got a tough break with Greg Marshall and everything, but you know went, you know, sideways again there. But I think you know Isaac Brown can can you know, revitalize that program. He did the first year. Last year they struggled. So anyway, I, I just think that I'm, I'm confident that uh, these schools are going to do a great job uh, along with the newcomers. And what I think is, I think we'll have a pretty seamless transition. I think everybody, uh, you know, a lot of the ads uh, knew each other. Some of the presidents knew each other in our conference. And I think everybody understands now that it's, it's, a, uh, it's a partnership that's going to become a cohesive conference very quickly. Uh, we really have to, you know, the last thing I'll say, Dan, is I mean, <laughs> we, we know we have to, you know, ramp it up. Uh, we know we've got competition. We've got P5 competition. We've got competition from, you know, Mountain West, Sunbelt, others. You know, we've got to you know, make sure that we utilize the advantages we have. And they are advantages. We have ESPN. You can't do better than ESPN and the exposure and, and, and the revenue. We have more revenue than the others. We've got to use that. We've got to invest. We also have the portal, which we've done very well with, and we're in the right states. When you're in Texas and Alabama and Pennsylvania and Florida, you're in the right places, uh, Oklahoma, and so constantly, Louisiana. You know, so you know, we have certain advantages now. We have great coaches in place. We pay our coaches more. Uh, we do a lot of things that uh, you know the others don't do. And for us to stay where we've been and to you know enhance that, because we were on the cusp, as you know. We were, we were going to make a real push to become an official autonomy conference and then ultimately be called a P-6. We should be anyway. We should have been for years. But, you know, sometimes you just can't wean the, the writers off this whole P-5 business. But the point is, it's not going to be easy right now. We're going to have maybe a little tougher road. You're losing three important schools. I'm not going to sugarcoat that. But on the other hand, I do think there's potential here. we have shown we can utilize that potential. Our DNA hasn't changed, and now we'll see what happens, Dan. Good to have this done, though, today, because it gives us a chance now to uh, focus on the future and not worry about, you know. Uh, you know, getting getting those schools uh, in a position to uh, to be able to leave.
0: And a final note coming off of that, is it bittersweet knowing everything that Houston, UCF, and Cincinnati have brought to you, but now having the sweetness of knowing the six that are coming in and and having an end to it that you don't want a relationship to end, but now you know when it is and, and you know that it's happening and you can move forward now. So is there a bittersweetness to it? And then can you share with us, obviously, there's a monetary thing that goes to the conference and there's a benefit. When a school leaves, the, the bittersweetness to it is that, you know, the conference does get to add money and utilize that money that they didn't have before to do different things with it. So is it bittersweet and what can you tell us about the specifics that allowed for the departure?
1: Yeah, you know, you've probably seen reports of what the money is, and, and we don't ever uh, talk about the money or confirm it. But you've seen what it is, and it gives us a heck of a war chest on top of the reserves we already have, and and you know, with entry fees and other kinds of things, we're gonna we're gonna have enough money to uh, to distribute something annually to our membership. So that's really good, and uh, you know, uh, bittersweet. Yes, oh, without question, Dan, absolutely. First of all. These are three schools that, that really, you know, uh, were uh, really instrumental in what we did, and others were too, as you know. I just mentioned all the different things other schools did. Um, you know, remember UCF has had, had that incredible winning streak, but prior to that, they were 0 12 one year, and 6 and 6 the following year. But they, they did an unbelievable job. Houston uh, got relevant again last year, but frankly, for three or four years, Houston was not one of our top teams. Cincinnati under under Tommy Tuberville. Uh, you know, Tommy's a great guy and a great coach. Uh, they had a few years when they were pretty decent, but struggled most of the time. And then uh, under Luke initially, uh, you know, didn't do well, but immediately became a, a real force. So you can see where, you know, schools come and go in terms of their their relevance, although these schools now, I think, put themselves in a position to be uh, consistently top schools, and, and so definitely I'll miss them. But more than the, uh, the competition, the fact that they helped build, a brand and helped make us nationally relevant and brought us to, you know, to heights people didn't think we would reach, you're going to miss the relationships. I mean, I like the presidents of these schools. I like the AGs of these schools. Uh, I love Luke Fickle, love Calvin Sampson, you know, go back a long way with both of them. Uh, we're going to miss that. And I'm going to miss, you know, the, the fans. I'm going to miss, you know, going to those places because it was fun all those years. And and then I'll miss the writers too in in those communities. Not I'll keep in touch with some of them, but you know we got to know a lot of the writers uh, who who, you know Joe Duarte and uh, Matt Marchel and uh, UCF Joe and Houston and others. And you know you you miss you'll miss some of that, no question about it. Uh, On the other hand, though, I'm excited about these six new schools because I think they're they bring a lot of enthusiasm. You can see how excited they are to be in the conference. They're going to invest. They're in, in interesting places, interesting markets. I think our basketball tournament in Fort Worth is going to be dynamite with those four schools from Texas plus Wichita and Tulsa right up the road and and Memphis not far away, Tulane also, and Tulane. Watch Tulane this year in basketball with Ron Hunter. They're going to be a tremendous team. So you look forward to the new fellows as well, and a great group of people, great group of ADs and presidents, you know, Uh, We had a dinner with our presidents. Not all of them could make it because of the storms in Dallas, but got to meet some of the new ones and uh, very impressed. So, you know, like anything else, Dan, there there are always transitions. Uh, You wave goodbye and and then, you know, you say hello. So, uh, definitely bittersweet uh, because, again, these are schools that were good, you know, part of our. You know, part of what we were for all that time on the other hand i wish them well i really do i think they'll do well in the big 12 i understand why they're doing it uh the schools coming in i think are going to be great and uh, we look forward to that once uh, and I, I do the caveat is once they get their situation worked out with cusa there's no way we would do anything until uh judy uh you know uh, lets us then our schools those schools let us know that everything's been uh, all the teas have been Cross and the eyes dotted. and then once that happens, uh, we'll uh, we'll make sure that uh, you know they they come in and, and everything uh, you know gets put on track.
0: Uh, coming from the commissioner of the American Athletic Conference, Mike Rasco in this very special edition of Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, in the day that we have the announcement on July first, twenty twenty three, UCF, Houston, and Cincinnati will be moving forward in the hopes that the six schools coming in will have the opportunity to come in at the same time seamlessly here for UAB, FAU, UNC Charlotte, North Texas, Rice, and UTSA. Mike, as always, I appreciate the time. And I look forward to everything that is to come. As always, the American never ceases to amaze. And I look forward to what's going to be next on the docket here. And I appreciate everything that you and your staff have done to truly make the American Athletic Conference a very special home to many student-athletes, coaches, and administrative people, as well as the student body as a whole. So thank you for that.
1: Well, thank you, Dan. Appreciate the kind words. You know, we're we're doing the best we can in that respect. And it's all about the student-athletes. We can't forget that. We sometimes... I think it's easy to forget that we get involved in some of this stuff, uh, the politics and all the different things you deal with, but it's all about our student athletes. And, uh, you know, thanks again, Dan, for having me. I always appreciate being on your show and all, you know, uh, your knowledge and, uh, and also your, um, you know, your your knowledge about our league and our support for our league over the years. And I think we, we, we try to be nationally relevant. And, and I think, uh, you know, writers and and, uh, commentators like you, have certainly uh, you know paid attention to us and you especially and I really appreciate it.